right now we are getting some great bargains for some good stocks and you, one should really focus on that so forget about bitcoin and forget about all the coins fo- focus on good solid businesses welcome to the my money my lifestyle podcast where we discuss all things money because whether or not we like it money matters I'm your host, Maya Fisher-French, and today we are talking markets. Okay, to fill those of you in who may be like hiding from all the financial news, this year has started with a great deal of turmoil. So globally, stock markets have been on a complete roller coaster ride. Um, the US markets, I think it was on Monday, fell and regained 4% all in one day. And those who thought crypto assets would offer us some sort of safe alternative, well, they've been along for the same ride. And in fact, I think Bitcoin is up is currently off about more than 30% from its highs. There are a lot of factors driving this, and these factors are going to be the main themes for 2022. So to discuss this and what you should be doing with your investments, I'm joined by Kunal Sahani all the way from Australia, Sydney. Kunal is CEO of independent equity research firm, Kalkine. So welcome, Kunal, and thanks for joining us uh, all the way from across the oceans. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Maya. Thank you very much. And um, hello to all your listeners. And, uh, and thank you very much for inviting me. Well, um, thank you for joining us because, you know, we need to start unpacking this. We're seeing this massive pullback across markets across the globe, all right? And it's all linked to rising inflation. Now, you know, I've studied economics. One would think that, you know, higher inflation, people want to search for growth assets that will deliver above inflation growth. So why are we seeing this panic? What is driving this reaction? Uh, well, um, all this uh, growth has, uh, has been primarily because of uh, low interest rates. Uh, the money has been cheap. And when money is cheap, you know, people like to invest. They even want to invest in uh, riskier assets. Uh, people have gone into Bitcoin. People have gone into crypto assets. People have gone into property. The profit mar- markets have done really well. And, um, and also people have gone into stocks. So the stock market has done really well. So the basic, if you look at the basic economics is inflation is price rise. And when, the, uh, when any economy calculates this figure, prices of all major products and services, including food, fuel, cars, housing are considered. The prices of these products or services may not be rising or falling in exactly the same proportion, uh, but overall prices are rising. And, and, and that's where... Uh, the uh, the uh, that's when we say the market is heating up and that's when the fed the us fed or the central banks in each country um you know try to take some steps so that they cool down the markets and in the us for an example the fed has a target of two percent this means that the prices will um you know should not have surged more than two percent um as compared to um you know january 2021 and if the prices keep on going up, it simply means that households and businesses have more money in their hands, which is why demand is high. And that's where there is a balancing act that the central banks have to do. And hence, the central bank is left with no choice but to hike uh, the policy rates, which in turn makes all loans, including mortgages, expensive. So that's why people are panicking. Um, and that is basically to discourage borrowing. So with less money in their hand, Households and businesses demand less of the same products and services. And that's why you might see the stock prices falling because people might buy less clothing or less cars or less uh, what we call discretionary spending. So that's why we are seeing this huge 
correction in the markets, financial markets right now. By the way, that's only one of the reasons. Yeah, I was going to want to come on to more of the reasons, but I mean, we're certainly seeing this in South Africa. I don't know what it's like in Australia, but we our, our interest rate cycle has begun. We, we had our first rates in November and we're going to be having probably another 100 basis points this year already um, driving mm. up interest rates. And that, you know, that's going to, to, to put pressure on consumers' pockets. Mm. Um, so completely, you know, people... I can see that that's going to, to obviously be have an impact um, just generally. Do you think, I mean, some people are saying, well, this inflation will be contained quite quickly. Um, you know, maybe this will be transitory and, and not uh, permanent. But I suppose we're still waiting to see that. But in the meantime, we've got things building up in the Ukraine and Russia. I mean, to what extent do these yes. geopolitics uh, feed into this as well? Yes, yes. Well, it's a, I think more than 100,000 Russian soldiers are sitting at the Ukrainian border. Uh, Biden is saying um, that they're going to be U.S. is going to be sending around 8,000 soldiers. Uh, Spain is sending uh, warships and planes. U.K. is doing the same. France is doing the same. So a lot of tension in that area. A lot of uh, um, a lot of um, high risk uh, uh, geopolitical events happening near Ukraine right now. So. Um, what we would see generally in these uh, times is, you know, gold prices rising, uh, safe haven. Um, so gold hasn't done much last year. I think it fell about 4% uh, for the whole year. And go- gold has hovered around $2,000. Um, and since then, it has been pretty much at the similar levels. Um, in recent months, it has underperformed uh, compared to other asset classes. And people are not rushing into gold despite uh, the talks of central banks raising rates. Um, so the Ukrainian crisis may not be playing a very big role in the market correction that is underway. And uh, yes, there is nervousness if something happens. But most analysts that we have spoken to believe that in the present global economic landscape that is emerging, uh, you know, where where there is pandemic, uh, no country would want a war, small or big. Um, so even though, you know, uh, President uh, Vladimir Putin is saying that he can attack Ukraine, but I think it will be very foolish on his part to be doing that because um, I don't think Russia has that much of a strong economy. Yes, he's playing the strong man right now by saying he's going to cut off the gas supply to Europe. Uh, but um, I think um, it's it's very, very unlikely that the war is going to happen. But in saying that, we have seen some very unlikely events to happen that have caused stock market crashes. Um, So the only thing I would say in these times is people should look at their portfolios and look at this as a buying opportunity due to the correction and maybe should stock up some of those blue chip uh, stocks, um, which are currently very cheap because of the current market correction. I was actually going to want to ask you that, you know, we often see when liquidity squeeze that obviously riskier assets are harder hit. So that's why we would see equities harder hit than bonds and gold normally is a store of value. It's one of those ones that goes up, hasn't done that yet so far, but it hasn't certainly hasn't fallen. Um, And so if one is looking to buy equities, do you think that's it? Go for more the blue blue chip um, shares, which I suppose will also benefit from from value growth just in a more inflationary environment? Okay, so um, I would I would still instead of bonds, I would still back the bigger uh, you know stocks, the bigger blue chip players. Let's talk about Apple. All of us use Apple products, the iPhones and the MacBooks, and you name it, we use it. 
And if you look at a, a, a $3 trillion company, um, the stock price has gone still up in last year from 130 bucks to 170 bucks. So if you look at um, the growth, that's about a 30% plus growth. Now, getting 30% in a safe company like Apple, that's a, that's a good return. No bond will give you 30%, or it will be very difficult for a bond to give 30%. Um, at the same time, you know, inflation was very high last year in almost all economies, developed or emerging. The energy crisis in the UK or car prices in Canada and Australia, everything made, um, you know, headlines. So in such a case, you know, uh, equities, we believe, uh, could be uh, the best hedge against inflation. Um, and, um, and once again, um, you know, it is not just Apple. We would talk about if you look at the growth rates of Microsoft, of Tesla, uh, these companies have done really well last year due to the pandemic. So um, I would still say that the best hedge against inflation would be good, solid blue chip companies. And and once again, uh, one thing that we are seeing currently um, after the pandemic, digital services are very much in demand from uh, home delivery of groceries to home delivery of pretty much anything. Um, you know, high demand for goods and services can translate into job creation and every economy is still dealing with Omicron and the pandemic. So so we will see a lot of these digital companies doing very well in this coming year as well. So as the term stands, FANG stocks, I think FANG stocks would be a better bet uh, than going into a bond that pays you 1% or 2%. It's quite interesting. I've already started getting questions through from followers about, you know, maybe I should be moving out of equities and putting my money in cash. And and people always do this after a crash. <laughs> You're supposed to do that at the peak of the market. So, yeah, and it is. It does take guts to go in when, when markets are down because exactly what if the war breaks out? What if this happens? What if that happens? So I suppose it is always having to go against that inner gut feel of yours. It's like uh, anxiety. And, and, you know, you've spoken obviously about, about the opportunity in equities. Um, you know, certainly a lot of those prices, all those shares that companies that you wanted to get into, but looked so expensive. Well, here you are. There's a sale on. But what about crypto assets? So we've seen Bitcoin off nearly 40%. Um, So people are saying, well, this is the time. In fact, I had somebody saying, this is the time now to put all your cash into Bitcoin, which terrified the living daylights out of me. And we can maybe explain to to listeners why that's not a good idea, even if you really believe in the Bitcoin story. But what do you, you know, what do you make of, of crypto assets at this stage? Okay. In cryptos, the problem is, uh, there is still a lot of guesswork um, and little fundamentals. Uh, Bitcoin is no company that one can assess its product demand, revenue growth, market share, and hence cryptos behave erratically. And since they are also a high risk asset, money parked in them is slowly being divested and is being moved towards safe havens. So the only thing I would say to your listeners is if they are really keen on Bitcoin, uh, don't bet your house on them. Um, you know, um, maybe you can have a very small portion of your portfolio uh, towards um, uh, crypto assets. Uh, but once again, you know, one has to be very careful uh, of crypto assets because we have seen um, uh, Bitcoin itself falling nearly 40 percent uh, to 50 percent in the in in the last few months. So one has to be very, very careful. Uh, but on the other hand, I would I think there's a strong bet that Apple and uh, Facebook and Microsoft will keep on selling their goods and services to millions of people. And hence, there is a 
much more stability about these companies than some of the crypto assets. But in saying that, if some people do really want to explore that crypto space, um, I think uh, they can look at a very small part of their portfolio or of their wealth towards that. But one still has to be very careful. I think it's, that's a very key point is that, you know, people, somebody and actually wanted to read the tweet because I said, promised him I'd cover it in the, in the podcast. And he said, you know, why do you think Bitcoin is riskier than other assets? Since 2008, it's been the safest asset that you can buy with the biggest upside. So maybe just unpack why hindsight isn't or past returns is an indicator. Of why, why? Okay, very good question, Maya. Why we think Bitcoin is riskier than other assets? Okay. So um, safe doesn't mean high return asset, okay? I'm going to say uh, bonds are safest and they give you 2% um, or 1%. Safe can mean something on the lines of fixed returns. Safe can be a bank certificate of deposit that gives a fixed return. As far as Bitcoin is concerned, here it is why it's risky. It was priced $29,000 in the beginning of 2021. It touched $65,000 in mid-April. Um, and now if someone bought in January and sold in mid-April, it was a, a very good investment, profitable investment from twenty nine to 65000 But if someone bought in mid-April, uh, by July 2021, BTC, Bitcoin was again under 30000 And in November, it touched 68000 And it, now it is again under 40000 um, So as I said, volatility is great for trading. It's great for you know, um, uh, punting on uh, Bitcoin. But if you don't want to be betting your all your portfolio on trading, so one has to be very careful. And I will again repeat this to all your listeners, that please be careful and don't uh, put a big chunk of your assets or portfolio or wealth in there. Uh, try, start with a small one. And once you are successful, then only you should, you know, go further into Bitcoin and other um, assets like Bitcoin. And I think it does come back to this point that, you know, the price of Bitcoin has been driven largely by what I call hot money, by that freer money because of very low real interest rates. I mean, the lowest I think mm. they've ever been. And that additional money has, has given people an appetite for risk because they've got money they didn't have before. When that cycle changes, which it is changing right now, people will go back to more safer investments, things that they can see actually, oh, okay, I, now, I know how Apple makes its money, okay, because I buy its mm. products. I know the, how mm. it, that I can have some idea of its profitability, earnings growth, etc., etc. It's going to be easier for me to track that and have some idea of its performance than this very sentiment, hot-driven sort of um, asset class, which maybe, yes, over time will, you know, it will grow and develop. But, I mean, this volatility at the moment, I don't know. I wouldn't want to put my pension fund in something that volatile. <laughs> So the only, the only thing I'm going to say is that uh, currently Bitcoin and other coins are not generally used for transactions in a big way, right? When I, in a big way, I mean, you know, it's not like you and I use it daily to pay for goods and services. So the only thing I'm going to say here is, uh, you know, there, there would be a stage when Apple and Google, the big tech players, might launch their own coins. As we have heard Tim Cook saying that he owns Bitcoin, you know, um, he is looking at the crypto space very closely. Uh, we have seen Facebook at one stage launching their coin and then, you know, rebranding it. Um, so the point I'm trying to say, there might be a chance that one day 
and and that might be pretty soon that Apple and Google and Facebook and Microsoft can launch their own coins and that will start getting used by the general public like you and me um because all these companies have the infra have the hardware so all of us use Apple wallets on our iPhones all of us use Google Pay on our Android devices so the, it's it's it could be very close that these companies launch coins we are using them and that's when you would see real big you know um interest uh, or more than interest investments coming into bitcoin uh, but currently it's still a very riskier assets if you look at even the etfs um that started investing in bitcoin they're down by 30% um so yeah so one has to be very very careful going into this space and um, and yeah for, from a trading element it's very good but one should only focus on the bigger um you know coins rather than the ones which are um still starting out and can now want to ask you also one thing that we never talk about um and it's i think it's a big concern is the environmental impact and the impact of electricity on on bitcoin or on any of these 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 um uh, you know sort of blockchain transactions because they require an absolute, absolutely massive amount of computer power and we we know energy is a global crisis so how do you see that fitting into all of it So I think um uh, Elon Musk has taken the um <laughs> the mantle to make green cryptos uh, uh, and with with first step I think he's saying that uh, the coins being transparent uh, about how much energy they are using for um for um, for for mining and things along those lines um so I think yeah absolutely correct I mean to say um on one hand you know we people are interested in electric cars and on the other hand people are interested in cryptocurrencies which use a lot of energy so it's a uh, uh, quite a bit of um you know challenging times for investors as well that where should we put our money so so i think once we have more coins which are green uh, or which are only using you know electricity generated by solar or uh, which are which are not you know um, creating um, a big co2 effect i think you will see a lot more investments coming into the space i think right now um uh, from a technology perspective companies are trying that but very few companies have reached there so so i think um it's it's a matter of time when uh, companies um, which have a green footprint start investing into you know bitcoin and say here is a coin which is completely green and but more than that being green it also has to have massive adoption among the masses and more than adoption you know people have to be using it so so yeah it's it's quite a challenging time in the crypto space for someone to figure that out yeah exactly a lot of ifs still to come and um yes. talking about Elon Musk <laughs> um mm. you've been very vocal i think about how influencers are talking up crypto prices right and the oh, impact yes. it's having on on small retail investors how do you think and you've even suggested that perhaps there should be some kind of regulation around this i mean how do you see this space yeah i'm going to say it's pretty confusing um you know um the world um you know thanks to globalization and instagram and facebook um you know uh, they have worldwide effects so if someone says something in new york someone in south africa or australia might hear about a bitcoin and might you know start buying into a bitcoin so i think uh, regulators really must focus on this um major economies um you know meet at multilateral forums and they should reach a common ground on you know how to 
manage the regulation around this. Central banks also meet on the sidelines and they must issue a collective statement. Um, and today, influencers and multi-billionaires are shaping sentiments of amateur young investors. Uh, but this is not a prudent approach. You know, what if the crypto world goes into a collapse one day? Will these influencers cover up the losses made by retail investors? Will they indemnify them? This is why regulators cannot have contrasting approaches and they have to be clear as well. Um, we cannot have one senator like Senator Elizabeth Warren say that cryptos are dangerous while the others say they are the future. Um, so I think right now, as I said, it's very confusing. There has to be clarity, a clear statement by regulators, clear guidelines in order to preserve the interest of, you know, retail investors. So, so I think we are still um, a few years away from it. Mm. And I mean, we, we in South Africa, our, our um, authorities are also looking at this this sort of you know, talking up, you know, if, if, if you have such an influence on something like Bitcoin, you could effectively trade, be trading it for yourself. I mean, you could be making statements, pushing the price up, selling. Um, and, and so they are also looking at that from a regulatory perspective. Um, obviously, we're dealing with endless, and I'm sure Australia is in exactly the same position, endless scams around it. Um, even really formal ones that, you know, take run for about two years before they collapse. So there, there's a lot. I mean, this is a very, very... Um, a very new space and very confusing and I think open yeah. for all sorts of, of manipulations. So I suppose that that's the challenge for the for regulators. But can I just sum up, um, maybe is there any other kind of key points you want to make? So, you know, you, the listeners are saying, right, um, I want to be investing. I want to make sure I'm making the right choices. Um, this, is, this year started off to be very tumultuous, you know, mm. kind of 101. What would you... One-on-one, on one, I would say right now, we are getting some great bargains for some good stocks. And you, one should really focus on that. So forget about Bitcoin and forget about all the coins. Fo focus on good, solid businesses. Um, you know, we really believe that, you know, um, with this current correction that's happening in the markets, and there is a huge opportunity. And secondly, I would say that um, uh, you know, electric vehicles um, and and you know, solar energy are the future. Um, ele electric vehicles would be uh, more than fifty percent of vehicles in the next uh, seven to ten years. And I think um, most companies, whether it's Ford or Tesla and GM, they're looking at electric cars very seriously. So I think electric vehicles is a good space uh, for people to look at as well. So there is a reason why Tesla has done so well. And, um, and I think people should look at um, the electric vehicle space and they should really look at, try to look at the current correction and look at some good solid blue chip companies for themselves. Well, thank you um, so much, Canal, And thank you to our listeners. And remember, please post any questions or comments and remember to subscribe.